0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bet Show on the Mayo Media Network. Hockey is finally here. Uh, Chris Meaney, and I got a special guest in here today. Griffin Swanson at Griff Dog DFS. What's going on, my man?
1: Not a whole lot. Uh, I was like a kid on Christmas last night. Barely sleep. <laughs> A little too excited for today, but the day is here, ready to talk some hockey.
0: Yeah, dude, I I didn't get any sleep at all. I'm, I'm super pumped about this show to talk hockey with you today. Uh, I love all the support that we've had over the past week or so with this show. Thank you so much. If you've subscribed, we appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button, leave a comment in the YouTube section. Actually Pat is just giving away a hundred dollars. Like this is (laughs) Pat is just, I I love where Pat's at these days. He wants to do a hockey show. Uh, He's just giving away a hundred dollars. If you rate review, Five stars on Apple. Make sure you leave your Twitter handle, the email, so you can get into that draw for $100. And just continue to subscribe. Share this show with your friends. We're going to be doing hockey five days a week. This Wednesday show will be some picks and some DFS plays. And Griffin, let's start uh, five games on the ice early to um, 530 Eastern is when lineup lock is for Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. You have Montreal and Toronto, Chicago, and the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, Vancouver, Edmonton, and St. Louis in Colorado to wrap it up at 10.30 Eastern time. So you and I, are real, we'll go through position by position. We'll give some picks and some bets towards the end of the show. We'll kind of recap through game by game and give some of our favorite plays again. So let's start up at the center position we got Nate McKinnon at 8-5, Connor McDavid 8-4, Austin Matthews 8-2, and I'll group dry settle in there at 7-9. It does feel a little weird not to have Sidney Crosby grouped into that first tier. We can put him in there for sure, but Crosby and Malkin mid-7, for Crosby 7-2. How do you treat the top of the board here at the center position?
1: Yeah, I think we look at those top two guys right away, McKinnon and McDavid, and I think they've kind of taken the rein from Sid at the center position, uh, especially offensively at this point in their career. And 85 and 84, I think, is still reasonable enough to put these guys in your lineup. Uh, with McKinnon there, you can stack them up with a guy like Miko and even Andre Berkovsky down at 4.8, and uh, a lot of firepower on that first line there in Colorado. So I like that matchup against the St. Louis Blues. And then even McDavid there, um, he's got Zach Cassian on the right wing. So not quite as much firepower as that first line, in my opinion, out of Colorado, but still has Nugent Hopkins on the left wing there. So the those two really started to click towards the end of last season. Uh, Nugent Hopkins was really putting up some points. So I look at those two right away um, and they stick out to me. I mean, Matthew's playing with Joe Thornton here now. Um, there, there's some question marks there. So right away, those two guys at the top stick out to me and want to put those in as many lineups as possible.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, I just I'm looking for volume shooters, and if you're just new to fantasy hockey, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. None of these guys. I, can, I mean, you can make a case for all of them. Obviously, I think I like Drysettle a little bit more than McDavid. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if you're what's what do you what's your strategy like? Are you just picking two of the, of one line? Are you trying to get some? You mentioned Thornton, right? Like Thornton is going to get some power play time. Other guys like, you know, Cassian example playing with McDavid, not going to get that PP time. So it's yep. hard to kind of pair those two up. Like I would rather go McDavid and Nugent Hopkins or maybe Yamamoto and dry settle and get Yamamoto on that top power play time. Right. Um, it, it, I guess it just kind of it maximizes your upside a little bit more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what you're shooting for, too, is how much ice time are these guys playing together? Not only shift after shift, but on special teams as well. And that's what you're kind of getting with McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, as you said, Drysdale, Yamamoto, uh, McKinnon and Rantanen. Um, But that first line in Toronto, it does look like they're all playing together. Uh, Matthews, Marner and Thornton on that first power play. So there's definitely some interest there. Um, Obviously, they've only had a few weeks here in training camp to develop a little bit of chemistry. But, yeah, that's exactly what I'm targeting is, you know, how much ice time are these guys really putting together? And uh, is that include power play one and sometimes power play two? So if I can get exposure to that um, from any of these top guys, uh, it definitely sticks out to me. Um, They're obviously all very talented and can score multiple goals and put up multiple points on any given night. So definitely what I want to be targeting is that correlation and uh, ice time together.
0: I will say this about Matthews. I was taking a look at him last night and I was thinking, man, I feel like this guy scores against the Habs quite often. And he has 12 goals, 17 points, 50 shots in 14 career games against the Habs, like 50 shots in 12 games. That's, that's crazy. And 17 points, um, in 14 games rather. So that that's, that's wild. We got producer Matt Best. Can we get you on the horn here? Like, how long does Joe Thornton stick with Matthews and Marner? Like,
2: I'd be up with these boys? I'd be surprised if he lasts the full game, to be completely honest <laughs> with you. And it's not because he's an older dude, but it's just because I think you'll get plenty of looks on the power play. It's just you need a bit more speed in order f- to compete in this new NHL. And I keep saying new NHL. It feels like the new NHL has been around forever. But uh, this Thornton experiment might not last long. You might see old Zachy Hyman back up there eventually.
0: Yeah, we may. And Hyman is not cheap. He's priced like he is going to play with those guys. Um, can you rank these guys? McDavid, Matthews, Dry, Settle, McKinnon. Griff. Yeah.
1: Uh, so for me, it would probably be McKinnon number one. Um, I'd probably go McDavid number two there. I'd probably go dry, subtle number three, and then Matthews number four. Um, You know, as Matt said there, it's probably an experiment with Thornton. I already saw that Thornton was centering it last week. Now they got Matthews in the middle. So they're already moving pieces there. And so like I said, there's a few question marks for me to put Matthews in that tier one, uh, at least for game one here. We might see that change after, you know, one game. Uh, But yeah, I'd probably go McKinnon, McDavid and dry, subtle one, two, three.
0: All the totals are at least six. Uh, we'll get into picks towards the the very end. But you and I were chatting with Matt before we came on here and the blues were five and a half and they jumped up to six. I, you and I were in agreement that that was a little low. I, I like McKenna too. He, he is my favorite. He's the most expensive, but I just feel like, I mean, he led the league in shots last year, 318. So he could put five or six pucks on net. It's a, it's a loaded top six. You mentioned he really Yeah. They bring in Brandon sod, who is one of the better five on five players. So, uh, Devin Tays on the on the blue line, too. So there's a lot to like about this Colorado team. And I wonder if St. Louis defensively will take a bit of a step back. I know they got Tory Krug, but losing Petro Angelo, I think will be I think that's a big loss on the blue line. Like he eats a lot of minutes against some top guys. So we could see that Colorado team just really just take it to the Blues tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, with, you know, Krug will come in and kind of replace that power play one um, role that Petro Angelo had. But as far as defensive play goes, Petro is one of the best in the league. And not that Krug is bad by any means, but uh, there's definitely a significant difference there. So I think Krug will definitely put up points with this team, but you're absolutely right. I, that top six in Colorado right now just looks unreal. Um, they'll be able to mix those guys up too, they got Landeskog on the second line right now with Cadre, and um, you, you could really put him on the top line with McKinnon there. Put Burkovsky down on the second line. So there's a lot of moving parts, I think, with that top six. But they're going to put up a lot of points this year.
0: Yeah, they really will. Uh Okay, so moving down the board a little bit, mentioned Crosby and Malkin seven four seven two against the Flyers. Brayden seven against the Hawks. Patterson six eight. I like that price for him against the Oilers. Really do and then Tavares and O'Reilly. What stands out to you there?
1: Yeah, so there's two plays. First and foremost, that Pedersen play uh, right away. Uh, It does hurt that JT Miller is going to be out, but you still got Brock Besser there. So the chemistry between those two has been very real over the last two years here. And there's some shootout potential in this game between Vancouver and Edmonton. Um, Got a new goalie in Vancouver there, Braden Holpey get a great career in Washington, but you never know. It's a new team and you know, maybe gets a little bit of a shaky start. And we all know that Edmonton is not afraid to play that fast paced, high scoring game. So definitely some shootout potential there. Peterson is the guy that sticks out to me right away. And then Gino, uh, I don't mind if Kenny Mulkin at that price either. I know Sid is kind of notoriously dominated the flyers playing with Gensel again, but they do have Evan Rodriguez on that right wing until Kapanen can kind of clear the, um, the Covid protocol or whatever it is after uh, after coming overseas. So, I look at Gino here. He's playing with Brian Rust, who's coming off a career high 27 goals with Pittsburgh last year. I think if they finish the regular season, he hits 30 and now you got Jason Zucker on the left wing. Who's got a little bit more time here to build some chemistry with these guys. You know, this Pittsburgh team did not look good in the bubble. Uh, they didn't even look like they really wanted to be there. So hopefully a little time off gave these vets some extra time to, to get some juice and energy back. Cause Sid Gino um, and latang they're getting older, uh, but I still think they got enough in the tank to make a run here. Year. And uh, I think Malkin, Rust and Zucker are a good way to kind of tack tonight. And it's a low o- option stack as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I, that would be the line that I would like to attack as well. I mean, Russ was phenomenal last season. I don't know if he can keep up that like goal-scoring pace or the the efficiency that he had shooting the puck, but playing with a guy like Malkin and then Zucker on the other side, um, you know, you're going to fall into points that way. You know, I I also agree on the Vancouver-Edmonton game. I am bummed about JT Miller. You mentioned it. He's not going to be able to suit up tonight due to COVID reasons. But, uh, yeah, I still think that's going to be a shootout, a, a high pace. The Oilers really didn't do anything to – improve defensively. And we saw last year in the bubble, they went up against a Blackhawks team and it was just shootouts. They were just goals left, right, and center. So that's, that's kind of how I feel like they'll play a lot of their games this year and hope new environment. I mean, the Canucks, they gave up a lot of just high danger chances, a lot of scoring chances too. So I think up and down, we're going to see a lot of points. So Pedersen's price at six, eight really stands out to me. Are the lightning going to be chalk here with, with Braden point at seven but no Kucherov, I was looking at point over the last two years, Griff, 28 goals in the power play, and Nikita Kucherov assisted on almost half of them, oh, wow. and 11 primary assists on those 28 goals. Now, the Lightning are still loaded. This matchup is the best. I mean, last year, the Hawks allowed the most shots for at 5-5, five and five. high danger chances, scoring chances, goals. They, they're going to be starting this season without their captain in Jonathan Taves. They lost Corey Crawford, who retired, but left for the Devils. Looks like they're starting Malcolm Subban in that tonight. They're super thin down the middle. The <laughs> Lightning, I'm sure, going to be fired up because of the cup-raising banner and all that stuff. Uh, I wonder that the Lightning, if they'll just be super chalk that I'm trying to maybe potentially thinking about avoiding them, but Braden Point at 7K is interesting to me. <laughs>
1: he definitely is and there, there's really kind of two ways to look at it like you said first and foremost if you're just looking top to bottom at that roster for Chicago they got a lot of uh, missing important pieces like you said Jonathan Taves there um, if they were giving up that much defensively last year now you lose your best defensive center that's only going to hurt you more and Kirby Doc, he probably would have took that yeah. next step this year here so yeah looking at that roster in Chicago they're uh, they're going to struggle out the gate. Um, on the Tampa side, I look at it one of two ways. Yeah. You, you have, you know, that cup, there's a lot of energy in the building. Um, but I think that energy goes to both teams. You know, a lot of times when you're looking at the opposite team, you're probably looking at the banner, go up and thinking, okay, that's the goal this year. Let's go get that. Mm-hmm. So I think you could probably swing that energy a little bit both ways. And then there's always the chance of the cup hangover as well as, you know, you did just have such a successful run there over the you know, last stretch of months. Maybe you come out the gates a little bit slow here. Stamkos basically is replacing Kucherov on the right wing. I don't consider that much of a downgrade, but like you said, the chemistry between Point and Kucherov is very real, and the numbers show that. So, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from Tampa a little bit okay. here tonight. By all means, they could blow up and score six six goals in this game. So I, I, I'm prepared to take that loss if it does happen, um, but they should be very chalky, and if we can fade that and get an advantage, uh, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be eating chalk here on opening night. I I just you see Tampa and their heavy favorites and then the matchup I just feel like there's going to be a lot of goals scored there. Okay, we'll move on to a little bit deeper down the list. Horvat 59, Kature 57, Kevin Hayes. So, back-to-back Flyers there five, one. Kadri, Suzuki, Sorelli. Philip Deneau, Yanni Gord, Brendan Sutter, and Jasper Akakademi were really getting deep at the center mm-hmm. position. Uh, any flyers here against the Penguins? Like, How do you feel like that game goes tonight, Pittsburgh and Philly?
1: Yeah, so the Battle of Pennsylvania really goes one of two ways. It's usually a shootout where it's six to seven finish, or it's a really low-scoring game. It's two to one. They never really find that happy medium between the two, um, but... I do foresee this one starting a little slow. Um, Pittsburgh has some new pieces on their team, so there's probably going to be uh, some time before they start to develop some chemistry, especially in that bottom six. And the Flyers team looks really, really deep this year, but it looks like they're also trying to spread the love out a little bit between those top nine. Uh, looks like Boruchek and um, uh, forgetting the name here, but he, he they're playing on the third line right now. No one actually. Might- Yeah. And and Van Ramesdijk. Yep. So those guys are all playing on the third line and Voracek is a, you know, a top six guy for sure. So it looks like they're trying to spread the love out a little bit. In this lower range for centers here, um, Couturier does stand out a little bit. He's playing on that top line and top power play. He's one of those playmakers, though, that also plays against the top center. So I do project him to face Sid tonight and try to play that shutdown role a little bit. So maybe that opens things up for Kevin Hayes. And even that second line in Pittsburgh, maybe it's a battle between those two second lines there. I know Hayes is playing with Giroux right now. And so there's definitely some firepower there. But the guy that's actually kind of sticking out to me in this lower range is going to be Nazem Khadri. Uh We already talked about how much firepower there is in this top six for the Avalanche. And $4,900 here is just too cheap, in my opinion, for a guy that also gets power play time with these guys as well. So uh, $4,900 here, if you kind of want to pivot away from that top line in the avalanche, which should also be pretty chalky, I think you can do that with that second line, which is Cottery centering uh, Landis Gog and Brandon Saad. So I do like that, uh, but I do think that Pittsburgh game is a, a little too low scoring for me to attack those centers
0: here. Yeah, if the Flyers play like they played in the bubble, then it's 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 gonna be low scoring. I just felt like it's just the way that they played, and Vino and his system and his style. It's it does it's. I don't want to say it's boring, but they they definitely man they just played in a lot of just tight checking games. They didn't seem like they were able to really generate any offense before the pause. They were so good. I mean, I think they won nine of 10, 16 of 22. The pause hurt them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the Canadians kind of took it to them, but, and then, then the Islanders in the next series, it was tough for the flyers to really generate any offense. So I'm with you there. Couture is a guy that I really, really like, but in this matchup, he's going to be up against Sid These two are very familiar with each other. They've had great battles. I would imagine Couture probably is a guy that, you know, flirts with 21, 22 minutes. He plays a lot of minutes tonight and power play time and penalty kill, but it is, it is tough to go up against Sid. Love the cadre call. Love it at four nine. I was going to come in here like a homer and talk Nick Suzuki up a little bit. I do like him slightly, but there's more upside with Nodson Khadri in this matchup. 4-9, I think he's underpriced. Uh, This is a former 30-goal scorer. He was in and out of the lineup a lot last year. Hurt, but I mean, 28 goals and 26 assists. This guy had 54 points in 66 games. We just talked about the loaded offense and the additions that Colorado has. So I I really, really like that call. Uh, That's it, right? I mean, Strom at 3-1 is somebody that I think in the future I'll be interested in because we just talked about all the the lack of depth in Chicago. And it looks like he's going to play with Kane to bring cat, maybe right off the hop. Uh, I think that's interesting at three, one, maybe Rob Thomas, Robert Thomas at three. Am I getting too cute here? This is a guy that's in the top six as well in St. Louis.
1: Yeah. Yes. He, he is playing on that second line. But again, I think uh it's, you know, if there's a few question marks there. It does look like Mike Hoffman coming out of Florida and had to play on a tryout which you definitely wouldn't have expected that of a guy who's a former 30 goal scorer but he is playing on that uh, top six right now and it looks like Rob Thomas centering him but yeah I'm going to want to watch a game or two with those guys before I start firing them in my lineups Uh, I do think Strom is interesting if you're looking for a low priced center he does make sense being that he's centering Patrick Cannon to bring it there you know those guys are obviously still talented enough to put up points and score goals. So if I were to go with a low priced option, it'd probably be Strom. but yeah, I'll probably stay in the four or 5k range uh, if I'm looking for a low price center.
0: So if you're playing multiple lineups, the one thing I will say about Thomas, like he's going to play with Hoffman and Schwartz and you're right. Hoffman is an absolute uh, stud. He's a sniper. Thomas is not going to get that power play time with those big boys. Like Hoffman's going to play the the quarterback power play role with Krug and, and then he's going to play with those big boys. So Thomas is on that second power play unit with like Vince Dunn and Bozak. It's a little less appealing, uh, but I do think he's a guy that will, I, I know that it's, he's a guy that I'm going to be interested as like a value play uh, maybe later on down the road, but I probably will have, if I'm putting 15 lineups, I'm probably going to do one, uh with him and Hoffman just to see if uh, see what that connection is like early on in the season because like Hoffman is not afraid to shoot the puck and no. he's he's definitely not he, he could have seven or eight shots in this game alone in his debut
1: absolutely and that's you know when you're trying to make a debut with a team there's always that hey I want to make an impression <laughs> yeah. and start off on the right foot so that you very well and we have already talked about how there's a you know a little bit of shootout potential and we thought that the five and a half was too low between this game and the, the blues and the avalanche so yeah it's uh like i said if you're looking for a low priced option uh it's intriguing but um yeah you know, i definitely don't think we
0: need to get too crazy on opening night all right uh over to the winger position we got stamp up at the top seven four Kane seven one ran in seven ryan Nugent hopkins six nine mitch marner six eight and jake gensel six five what do you think here? You just continue with Colorado and Edmonton Ranton and Nugent Hopkins. Those are the two that really stand out to me.
1: Yeah. Those are the first two popping out to me here as well. Obviously stammer and Kane, plenty of talented can put up points, but I- I'm looking at uh, the Ranton and Nugent Hopkins here as well. Already developed chemistry with the centers that they got. And we talked about how much, or at least I talked about how much I like Mick David and uh, McKinnon here tonight. So you can stack them up. They play on the same power play together, plenty of minutes, Uh, Plenty of chemistry there between those four. Absolutely love those two at the top.
0: Yeah, it's it Canucks again, like the Hawks, just taking a look at last year's five on five numbers. I mean, Vancouver is right there and just allowing scoring chances, high danger scoring chances, shots for at five on five. And that's something I want to keep an eye on. Five on five numbers throughout the season and trends are going to are gonna happen. We'll keep an eye on all that stuff as, as we get going here. But the power play too, on top of it, is just so lethal in Edmonton. Right. So it's hard to get away from Ranton and, and Nugent Hopkins. Um, down the list, Perron, Gallagher, Nylander, Landeskog. Uh, are we just – this is a trend that we're continuing here Colorado. Colorado. Uh, there's too much offense, man. Yeah, there's a lot of
1: offense to love here. Actually, I don't mind William Nylander there at 62. Hunter, This is a guy <laughs> who uh, – he's coming off a season where he had 33 goals and 30 assists and looked like a completely different player last year. Obviously, the year before that, he decided to hold out a little bit, really struggled to get going. The kid has the number change, grows out his hair, and just looks like a completely different player last year. And him and Jonathan Tavares definitely have a little bit of chemistry there. So if you you know kind of want to give it away from that first line of uh, Marner, Matthews, and Joe Thornton, um, like I said, there's some question marks there for me. So I don't mind William Nylander here. If, you know, coming off a of third. 30 goal season in a shortened season for that matter. Um I'm really okay with that here. And uh guy that sticks out to me. It's it's more of an individual play. I'm not looking to stack him up, but just hey, a one-off player that has some potential to bury a couple goals tonight.
0: Yeah, um absolutely. Hey, you know, he did seem a little different last year, didn't he? I don't know if it was uh he joined the 88 club or not, but oh, he wow. did seem uh a little different. A sniper and Philip to know is a nice, solid, underrated shutdown center. So if he's going to have his hands full with Austin Matthews and Claude Julian's going to line match, it's just what he yep. does. This is he's every time Matthews touches the ice, he's going to try to get Dano and Gallagher and Tatar on there. And then there's pretty much a mismatch with Tavares and Nylander up against um, Suzuki and Juren for, for sure. I mean, Josh Anderson will add a little bit of firepower to that line, but um, defensively, not the best, uh, that trio. So Nylander and Tavares, could, would you match them up with Tavares? Would you go the one, two, or you just maybe a one-off, like you said, is just straight Nylander? Yeah, I
1: definitely think you can put Tavares in there. I'm not suggesting that you have to shy away from it, but but if you want to play kind of a one-off, I think Nylander is a guy that kind of offers that upside to score goals, whether it be on the power play or whether he's just playing with Tavares, you know, he he can kind of score from many different angles and uh, he he gets a lot of opportunity on that second line. So, yeah, you definitely can go there, but as a one-off play, I'm completely okay with that as well.
2: Real quick, fellas, what do you think of Jimmy yeah. Vc because he's on that line as well, three grand for jimmy vc not getting any power play time but maybe that secondary assist puts you over the hump in a gpp
0: absolutely love it yeah i mean there's guys in that 3k there's a, actually a few matt that i like in that 3k i mean vc anderson i mentioned and farabee i mean all all three of those guys at 3k and but my one problem is it's like well i just spent 200 more dollars for hoffman like why is mike hoffman 3-2. I understand the player tryout, but a lot of people in hockey knew that it was just because Tarasenko, once he was being able to place on long-term IR, free up the money and play him. 3-2 is crazy, but Matt, I do like the VC call. Uh, you know, Maybe he will get some power play time. Who knows? I mean, it's not slated to, but uh, Griff, he certainly can. And playing in a top six at 3K with those lethal forwards that he's going to play with in Tavares and Nylander is pretty hard to ignore.
1: Yeah. And you're hitting the nail on the head right there too, as well. I mean, even if he does end up playing 12, 14 minutes tonight, those are valuable minutes playing with John Tavares and William Nylander. So if he's out there with those guys on a consistent basis, there's always going to be opportunity. You now, again, he's one of those new guys coming in and I'm sure there's something that he wants to prove. Things didn't go great in New York for him. Um, and then he ends up in Buffalo obviously now he's at a new team here. So he's been bounced around a little bit in his early career. I'm sure he wants to stick somewhere at some point. And so, yeah, there's always that upside there of just playing with those top guys. Um, but like you said, at $3,200, Mike Hoffman, it's it's hard to ignore that when he's sitting right there. Um, but sometimes that's what it comes down to in terms of roster construction. Sometimes you need that extra one or $200 and maybe you pivot down to a guy like VC.
0: Matt, my problem is there's too many guys I like at 3K. I mean, even 2-9. We got Rodriguez, who you touched on playing with Sid tonight. Now, I'm not totally interested in him, but Hoglander, um, Vancouver's first-round pick, 2-9. He's going to get an opportunity, especially with Miller out. Like, he's going to play with Bo Horvat. He's. Yesterday, I saw reports of him getting some top power play time. We love that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, this yeah. guy is slated to play with Dry Settle and Yamamoto. Like, there is a ton of value and upside in this range. I think we should probably rank these guys. Like, how do you feel about this? Let's, let's leave Hoffman out. I think we like him the most. Okay. After Hoffman, let's try to rank these guys.
1: Yeah, so the the one guy that does stick out to me below Hoffman right away is that Niles Hoglander, and I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I was watching Bo Horback come out with an interview just the other day, and he was just ecstatic at how well this guy was playing in practice. Very, very talented. Now, obviously, hits his NHL debut tonight, uh, so I'm sure he's going to be a little shaky to start things off but when you're playing with a guy like Bo Horvat and you got Tanner Pearson on the left wing, who looked good in Vancouver. Once he went there, um, I really like that play there. You know, again, he might only play about 10, 12, 14 minutes here tonight, but at this price, if he can bury a goal um, he he's going to meet his value right away. So I love that call. Uh, I think Hoglander is probably the guy that I'll be targeting down there. And then um, after that, uh, you mentioned Rodriguez, probably another guy that I, I don't have any issue putting in my lineup. He's not going to play on that top power play with Sid, not going to play with uh, uh, Gensel on that top power play, but playing with those two in general is enough for me to put him in the lineup. So I like those as probably my top two, and then Dominic Cahoon is probably number three for me there. Uh, he already developed a little bit of chemistry with Dry Subtle towards the end of last season, and uh, I really don't mind that at all.
0: Yeah, I think he's my favorite, to be honest with you. I just – I want – I'm going to fade McDavid today for the most part. I know it's super scary, um, but I'm going to go with dry settle, and I really like Yamamoto. I mean, we just we, – we jumped down into the value, but – um up a little bit more. I mean, he's only three, nine. I, there's no one really in this five K range that I like um, shorts Russ. I don't mind drew. I'm, I'm not going to get there. Hyman is a complete fade for me uh, Tatar, I, I think is, is interesting uh, to Foley five one. He's on the third line. He's getting top power play time. I'm not totally uh, interested in that Voracek, I get the call, um, but not a big shot volume guy. So I'm just going to fade away from there. Do you like anyone in this range?
1: Uh, not in that 5k range directly below that Burakovsky sticks out to me playing yeah. on that top line with McKinnon, but no, in that 5k range, there's nothing that's eye popping by any means. Again, you know, all these guys do play some of those top minutes and play usually within that top six. Um, but I think we can pivot in the 4k range or just directly above in the the mid 6k range and find some better value plays there.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to rank them. Um, I think Cahoon, um, Hoglander, you got me messed up if I'm messing that name up now too, but, uh, too. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, I like Josh Anderson. I really do. I think he's got, I think you can forget about last season. You look back at his last full year in Columbus. He was like, I know you don't get points for hits and stuff like that on DK, Uh, But he was one of three players who had over 20 goals, 200 shots, 200 hits with Ovechkin and Blake Coleman. He is um, a rare power forward you don't see in the, in the game today. He's going to get some power play time. This is going to be his debut against the Leafs. Uh, I'm buying into all the narratives here, man. I think that he is going to put a few pucks on net. He's going to get some power play time with the big boys. And I like that price. He's just mispriced. He's a guy that is priced like we didn't see him at all last year. We saw him a little bit. Uh, and he wasn't good in the sample that he played. And then he's coming off off-season shoulder surgery. So I think he's mispriced at three. But Bessie, a VC's in there too, man. I got to put him in the top four. There is a lot of value at Winger here. Um, you know,
1: you know, even down here, I caught my eye. Oscar Lindbaum at twenty seven hundred dollars. He's playing 40. on that first, playing on that first line. You know, obviously a great story with this kid over the last year. Be cancer coming back, and it's kind of a cool, cool, fun way to just root for this player in general. But Absolutely. he is playing on that first line right now as well with Couturier, and so there's definitely some interest there. Like you said, there's just so, so much value below the four K range here on Wednesday night. Um, that's why I think it's going to allow us to pay up for some of these really high priced guys and then kind of you know have some value here below 4k
0: absolutely yeah i mean you could i mean Pedersen and hoglander or anything like that horvat you could that's going to open up so much for your roster dry Cahoon. i like that combo as well um anything else here from the winger position i mean i mentioned farabee but i think lynn is a is a much better player and you're going to save yourself a little bit of cash there hoffman we love um Sanford, Donskoy for Tannen. These are guys are playing in the top six, but I I don't totally have a lot of interest. Are you going to play any Joe Thornton at all? I feel his his ownership is going to be way too high. Agreed. Yeah, agree. And look, I,
1: I think, you know, it's going to be fun watching those guys here tonight just to see how they do play. But yeah, there's, there's probably still too many question marks there for me. You know, it's not like Joey T's coming off a year where he lit it up. And so uh, obviously, he's got a couple of guys that have and they can put up major points. But no, I'll probably stay away from that considering it probably will be a chalky play. And uh, I, I just have too many question marks at, at this time.
0: Fair enough. Uh, all right. Defense. What are we doing here? Victor Hedman, 6'2". Latang 6'1". Kill McCarr up at 6'. Shea Weber, 5'9". Edler is 5'8". Quinn Hughes is 5'1". I get that Edler blocks a lot of shots, but I thought that that was interesting. And then Morgan Riley is 5'6". Uh, what do you think up at the top of the board here? You spend it up?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, again, having the value at winger uh, tonight allows us to pay up at defense. And that's honestly not something that I typically target. I mean, if there's someone who's mispriced at defense, yeah, I'll jam them in my lineup. Um, But sometimes I I I try to just jam in the high price forwards because they offer a little more upside, a little more of a ceiling score. So that's typically the route I go. But considering there is so much value at forward here tonight, Victor Hedman, I mean, cons might winner. He lit up the bubble. Um, probably the best I've ever watched a defenseman play hockey before, especially on the offensive side of the puck. It was really fun to watch this guy play. And playing a depleted Chicago team tonight, if there's one guy that I can expect to play 25 minutes here and expect the best out of him, it's going to be Victor Hedman. So he sticks out to me right away. Uh, Latang has always got that offensive upside playing with Gino and Sid on the power play. But Kale McCarr, up-and-coming defenseman, Probably gonna win uh best defenseman here over the next handful of years. He should have a Norris trophy on his shelf at some point and just so much offensive firepower there. So him and Hedman are the two guys that stick out to me above 6K. And really in that top 5K range too, I'll probably just try and jam those two guys in.
0: Yeah, those are my guys too. I agree with you. I mean, Hedman was an absolute force a few years ago when the Hawks won the cup, Patrick Kane had said after he said, Hedman was the is the best player I've ever played against ever like his reach and his sense. And he's really just come into his own over the past um, couple of seasons as arguably the best defenseman in the league. I mean, he could play, he could play 25, 26 minutes uh, in this game, even if, they just have their way with the hawks, and if they do, he's probably getting his. Uh, so I I like that call. Kel McCarr. We when Eric Young and I were doing the previews on Monday. I mean, he was my Norris guy, twelve to one to win the Norris. I I think my you said exactly what I had said. Like he's got a couple of these in his future. It could start as early as this year at six K. Um, down the list, Riley is is kind of interesting. Nurse, I just. This whole range to me is a bit of a fade. Like Schmidt, Edler. If I'm gonna play a Kanak, I'm gonna play Hughes at five one. Agree. Why am I playing Schmidt and and Edler, a little bit more expensive? You're do you are you in agreement?
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. And and I think Schmidt's gonna play well uh, up in Vancouver. Edler, like you said, blocks a lot of shots night in and night out. Kind of the, the leader on that at the, that blue yeah. line there. Um. But Quinn Hughes is the guy when it comes to offensive production and uh, I expect that continue right away Uh, he he looked great in the bubble Um, he he's the real deal here $5,100 in my opinion is too cheap considering the upside that this guy does have I think he should be in the upper 5k range so if we can get him at a bit of a discount in my opinion definitely want to lock him into my lineups here too obviously we can only put two defensemen in our lineups but I think really between Makar, Hedman and Hughes you can't go wrong with those three
0: Yo, Matt, can you tell me why Brody's four eight and Tyson Berry's four <laughs> four?
2: Oh, you're making me go against Tyson or making me go against Brody here. I don't like <laughs> you doing this to me on the show already. Um I I love your Barry pick from the preview show as well. I think he's gonna have a great year in Edmonton. The whole TJ Brody thing kind of confuses me at this price. I think we'll see him priced in the upper f- or the lower f- fives as the season continues. Um, he's not a guy that I want to target today for some reason. I just There's a lot of other plays that I do like, especially in cash games. Give me those sure bets like Quinn Hughes and like you guys are talking about. We're saving money at wing, so I want to spend up. And like Griff said, not a strategy I enjoy, but I think for opening nights, it's a strategy that a lot of people are going to employ.
0: Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. Uh I usually try to find value at this position and spend down as well, but with all those wingers being 3k and it's just it allows you to to spend up for some guys who are going to get top power play minutes, who are going to probably lead their team in in ice time and Hedman and you know Latang or Makar. These guys are going to get a lot of minutes tonight. So, yeah, I just it was kind of tongue in cheek. The, the whole I was just looking at this slate a couple days ago. And I was like, ah, but I did see practice reports that Bro- Brody was getting some time in the top power play unit. He is going to get power play time. It looks like Riley's going to be on that first unit and Brody's going to be on that second unit. Um, but I just, that just really stood out to me. Barry, I feel like he's going to be complete chalk. I mean, he may be the chalkiest play on the entire slate, Griff. Maybe I'm wrong to think that, but 4 4, I just look at last year and I forget it. I throw it out the window. It just didn't work out. I mean, M- Morgan Riley he regressed Barry regressed they cut into each other if you want to look at what Barry could do this season go look at his two prior years in Colorado when he was flirting with 60 points and he was getting four minutes per game on the power play his ice time on the power play was basically cut in half last year now he joins a loaded Edmonton team they're thin on the blue line Oscar Klefbom is not on this team right now and Barry I feel like is going to be he's going to be a guy that's contributing on the number one power play this is the number one power play in the league. They almost like they were so efficient last year. It's hard to ignore four, four. Will you eat the chalk?
1: Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, if, if Mike Hoffman, isn't the chalkiest player, it's probably going to be Tyson sure, you're Curry, right, uh, right. at this price tag here. Like you said, there's just so much potential and so much opportunity when you're playing on that top power play with Mick David and dry So, I'm okay with it. I will eat the chalk. I'm not afraid to play a couple chalky players in my lineup by any means and then try and get contrarian elsewhere. And so, yeah, uh, I don't mind that play whatsoever. Obviously, playing his first game in Edmonton here, so there's always that question mark. But he's, like you said, too talented. This is a guy who lit it up with Colorado, and now he's coming into a very similar type structure here uh, with McDavid and Drysaddle guys that can bury the puck and like to play that fast paced, high scoring game. So love that call there $4,400. Like you said, probably too cheap for a guy playing with that much firepower.
0: Is there anybody else that you're interested in? Um, Devin Taves is, is interesting at four six. He's going to be paired up with Makar. He's not going to get the the top power play time, but it looks like he's going to be on the second unit. I mean, Ryan Graves had a phenomenal season last year, getting no power play time and just kind of, you know, piggybacking off of my Like anytime there was some five and five points and he was in on all of it. Uh, now Taves takes his spot, puck moving defenseman, smooth skater, kind of interested in him at four, six, but you know, Barry again, stands at four, four. Like if you want to pivot, I think I could pivot in that price range to maybe a Taves or a Petrie Petrie getting some top power play time with, with the Canadians. But is there anyone else um, that you like?
1: Uh I have been looking below 4k here and I've been trying to find someone that sticks out to me, but I'm just, I'm struggling to do that because like you said, I mean, F44 Barry offers that value. We don't need to get too crazy when we have so many forwards that are low priced options here today. So no, I, I, I might just lock in the defenseman and say, Hey, you know, Between Hedman, McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and Tyson Berry, you guys are the four that I'm going to rotate throughout my lineups here, and then I'll try and mix up the forwards. But uh, there's nobody really that's eye-popping to me below that 4K range here right now. You know, Sam Girard obviously plays on that second power play for the Colorado Avalanche, and he's talented enough to where he can score goals and put up points. Um, But, you know, in the same breath, I I don't think we need to do that. I'll pay the extra $1,000 for Tyson Berry, who's playing on that first power play in Edmonton.
0: Yeah, you're right. Normally, like on a big slate and there wasn't so much value, I'd say maybe Ethan Bear at 3-3 on the second unit. I think Romanoff, and Matt's going to roll his eyes, but I think uh, Romanoff is uh, is a guy that we're going to talk about this year. I think he's going to get some power play time. He's 2-5. He's a highly touted prospect, uh, one of the better defensive prospects in the game. Um, 2-5. Looks like he's going to be on the second unit, but again, no real need to get that cute. There's too much value at the winger position to be spending down like that at defense. But he is a guy that I wanted to throw out there for people who are playing a lot of lineups tonight. Okay. What are we doing at goalie? Vasilevsky, Akalini, 8, 4, 8, 2, Grubauer, 8, 2. We got Anderson, 8, 1. K- Campbell's not going to start. Vasilevsky going to start. We had nothing really official here. Grubauer, that is the, the most official news that we have. Um, I think that was announced a, a couple days ago. Are you spending all the way up for some of these guys?
1: You know, Vasilevsky is the goalie that I probably, if I can afford it, just jam him in there. He's the safest bet, in my opinion, here tonight. Tampa Bay currently has the best odds right now to win. I think they were minus 235 last time that I checked, but a pretty substantial margin uh, between them and the next favorite. So... I like Vasilevsky here. I did mention the cup hangover potential here with this Tampa Bay Lightning team, but uh, I do think they're too talented top to bottom. We don't have Kucherov tonight, but we're basically just swapping him with Steven Stamko. So if you consider it a downgrade, it's probably not that much of a downgrade. Um, And so I like Vasilevsky here and we already talked about how the Chicago team looks like they're probably going to struggle out the gate. So (laughs) he is very expensive, but if I can afford it, I'll probably just pay Vasilevsky.
0: Yeah. And just, and just hoping you get the W right. I mean, he may only face 20 shots, but he's probably going to get the W. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, Pittsburgh and Philly. Can you take a side between any goalie on, on here with Jerry or Hart?
1: It's uh, it's it's tough for me, but I do lean towards Carter Hart here. I just think top to bottom that Philadelphia Flyers lineup uh, is better. Um, like I said, they're it looks like they're trying to spread the love out through their top three lines, and they can do that with the the forwards that they have there. So I am giving the edge to Philadelphia tonight. Like I said, I do expect this to be a low scoring game right out the gate. And uh, Carter Hart's got a lot to prove this year, and if. Philly found their goalie. I think this team can be good uh, for the next handful of years here. They have some youth on that team that has some upside. So, yes, I do give the edge to uh, Carter Hart and the Philadelphia Flyers here. I think Pittsburgh has too many moving pieces, brought in some new pieces as well, and uh, they're going to need some games here before they really start to gel. So I will give the edge to the Flyers and Carter Hart.
0: Yeah, I th- I I would agree. I he's probably one of my favorite guys tonight. Um, I like, I like the price at seven, eight. It's, it's decent. I just feel like that game is going to be low scoring. I I think you're spot on with, with that analysis that there's, there's not going to be a lot of goals there. If you can get to Vasilevsky, sure. Edmonton and Vancouver. I'm just, I have no interest in Holpe. And I don't really have any interest in Koskinen either. I'm just, I just feel like it's gonna be too high scoring. I just don't want any goalie from there. And Colorado, St. Louis, I kind of feel the same. Like I, I could see myself maybe going to Bennington or Carey Price to kind of get some leverage and get away from what I think will be chalk. What I think will be Colorado. Like yes, we we both talked at length about how much we like the But We were putting multiple lineups in, and maybe just if you're gonna fade Colorado. I think Bennington maybe makes some sense as a guy who could see 35, 40 shots. Mm -hmm. Um, If he can get the W and it is low scoring, I do feel like it will be high scoring, but that's like my contrarian. Those are my two contrarian goalies like Bennington and price. And, what I talked about with the Habs in the in the opening show here was just their five on five play. If Toronto gets five or six power plays, they're scoring four or five goals, maybe every single time that they get on the power play. But last year at five on five, the Canadians were one of the better teams in the league. I mean, I just some of the numbers are all top ten in in high in high danger chances allowed. If and Price is one of those guys who we saw in the bubble at seven six and his play in the bubble. I, I nobody. Thought that he was going to be able to play like that. Maybe, apart from a couple Penguins, like some rumors of Crystal Tang, like I don't want the Canadians in the, in the bubble. Like, you kidding me? They got price. You could take away, you know, a game or two, steal a game. I think at this price, I don't feel like anyone's going to play him. Like, who is the goalie on this list, on this list here, that you think will be the lowest owned out of all these guys?
1: Oh, the lowest owned? I think Bennington, Bennington is probably Bennington? Going to be the
0: Bennington And then maybe Price.
1: Yeah, and I and I love that call with Kerry Price there. I mean, def, he definitely caught me off guard in the bubble last year. Um, I, I I thought that Pittsburgh would have went in and probably handled their business in you know four games, and it was the completely opposite of that. Um, we saw Kerry Price come in and he stood on his head. I mean, he he was kind of the reason that uh, that team really started to come together. Game one and game two, he looked lights out, and then you started to see those young guys start to rally around that a little bit in the bubble, and that was fun to watch, but this guy still has it he's still elite still one of the best goaltenders in the NHL I don't think that's up for debate right now so yeah love Carey Price you know especially considering that those top two lines there in Toronto have new guys on there so Joe Thornton Jimmy Vesey you know maybe they you know struggle to come out the gate a little bit and Carey Price gets hot in the first period and rolls that out through the, the, the second and third so I love that call there at 76.
0: Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm into him, man. Tonight, I just feel like at that price, seven six, and his upside, and the fact that I do feel like he will be a little low owned. If you're playing cash, uh, and if you have the money, I I do agree with you. I think Veselovsky, if you can get there at eight four, is interesting. And I will say on the other side, as much as I like Price, like Anderson too. I know the Habs last year were three and zero against the Leafs, but Anderson didn't play in those games. Like he just, there was one I was at um, Scotia Bank Place and it was Hutchinson and Ned, and he was awful. He was brutal. Um, the Leafs should have won that game. But as much as I talk up the halves, and I'm looking, number one in shots for, number four in, sh- in scoring chances for, number three in high danger chances for, this is a team that, They control the play at five and five. They generate a lot of chances, but they don't have a lot of snipers on their team. Like when you watch them, they're like, okay, wow. They're generating a ton of shots. Like that series against the the flyers, they generated a ton of shots, but they're just hitting heart in the logo. So Anderson is a guy tonight that I feel like if there's minimal power play time, I could see the Canadians actually having the edge five on five generating a ton of shots, but Anderson just, looking really good and a guy who could end up on this slate with 40 saves. Like I've watched the Canadians griff so many times get 40 shots and make a goalie look real good and real nice. So I, both of those guys, I want a piece of both of them. I actually wouldn't be surprised if this game tonight was a little low scoring kind of like Pittsburgh and Philly. I I think the way that the Canadians played in the bubble, the way that they want to play tight checking, try to eliminate those chances from Toronto because a lot of those games against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Flyers were really low scoring and tight. So I think Vancouver Edmonton goals, um, I think Chicago and Tampa, maybe not on the Blackhawks side, but Tampa goals. And then as much as I'm saying, Bennington is an is a underrated play, You know, Colorado and St. Louis probably going to see that surpass the six goal mark as well.
1: Yeah. Couldn't agree. I think that's a sound analysis there. Um, You can definitely attack both sides of that game. With the price savings you do get from Anderson to price. That's probably the way that I would lean, but um, you know, if you are playing multiple lineups, that's the beauty of goaltender on a five game slate is you can get exposure maybe to a little bit of all of them, uh, especially that have that upside in a low scoring game. So I love the call on that. Uh, Not, not afraid to go either way.
0: Any, uh, Anything you want to say before we get to some picks, like any you want to recap uh, some of your strong plays, your core or anything like that?
1: No, just uh, well, one thing I would suggest out there is making sure, like you said, that you are making sure that your lineup does correlate. Um, obviously there are some one-off picks every now and then that you want to make, you know, like William, William Nylander that I mentioned, maybe sure. you just slap him in and say, Hey, this is going to be a, you know, a two, one game, three, one game. And William Nylander gets two of those goals and an assist. So Definitely want to have those one-off contrarian plays, but also make sure that you know it makes sense that you're correlating your lineup here. We talked about how McDavid and Nugent Hopkins make sense, um, or even that second line in Pittsburgh with Malkin, Zucker, and Russ. So want to have ice time with your players, but no, outside of that, just really looking forward uh, to the slate here tonight. A lot of value plays, so I think we're going to see some good lineups.
0: Yeah, my favorite, as we get to some picks, uh, I know it's a high total, but my favorite game is Vancouver-Edmonton. I, I want to just try to... Mix and match those top two lines in, in Edmonton. Um, I'm on the dry settle one, as I mentioned, dry settle Yamamoto. I like the fact that Yamamoto is getting that top power play time. I think he had like 26 points in 27 games. Like He's not going to keep that up. He did like a 25% shooting rate. He's not going to keep that up. But um, dude, Matt best if he played with uh, dry settle. You might have 50 I get,
2: goals. I get two goals. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, drive that good. Right? He's, he's number two in the NHL and goals scored over the last two years behind Ovechkin, just like six behind him. So he's that good. All right, let's wrap up with some picks. Um, let's roll through these. You, you may have a feel of what we're feeling as you know, we talked through these position by position guys, but Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, this is like almost a pick em now, but the total is six. Where do you lean?
1: Yeah, I do lean towards the under. We talked about throughout the, the video here that we it could be a low scoring game right out the gates. And, and that's usually the way that these games go. I mentioned this earlier. It's either a 6-7 game or a 2-1 game. I'm leaning towards the ladder where I do think this game starts slow. Pittsburgh has basically a a, a new bottom six, some of the same pieces, but uh, they're going to want to play sound defensively. So I think they come out the gates here pretty slow. Uh, Not a whole lot of goals scored in this game. So uh, my favorite play on that would be taking the under at six.
0: All right. I would agree under, I think the Flyers win. Give me Philly and the under. I really like this Flyers team. I, I think that they're, They're very sound. I think you said it perfectly when you're comparing them and the Penguins. I think they're more sound defensively. They got three lines. They're strong in net. Uh, I don't think what they did last year, I didn't think it was a fluke. No. Um, Not at all. All right. Montreal and Toronto. uh, We got the Habs plus 118. The Leafs minus 137. We got this nice, sexy-looking board from our guy Matt here. Um, Look at the ice in the back uh oh man scotia bank arena don't worry what do you when, think here? when the
2: habs are home i'll put old bell center <laughs> oh,
0: can't wait to see the bell center and all those stanley cup banners up at the top uh what are you doing here griff what do you think
1: yeah i think uh, i'll probably take the under here as well um at six and a half especially if it were six i'd probably have uh I have to think about that one a little bit more, but I do expect this one to start a little bit slow here as well. Like we said, both goaltenders could really get hot in this game here. And uh, six and a half opening night, it looks like a lot of the money in the bets are coming in on the under. So I'm okay with taking that there. Uh, I, I think this one's probably kind of a pick them here as well, but I will give the slight edge just based off the roster to Toronto. Um, but I, I'm by no means in love with that.
0: Yeah, I like like the under two. I think six and a half is a little high. I like both goalies. I think they're strong. Henderson has had a lot of success against uh, Canadian teams over the course of his career. So it's good for uh, Leaf fans uh, to be playing all Canadian teams this year. Again, everyone who knows me are going to laugh at this, but I do feel like if you're picking an underdog pick tonight, I mean, it's probably that for me. Like if you're looking for a dog, it's probably the Habs, but the under is, is, this, is a strong play. I think we'll see maybe a 3-2 three, two, three, two hockey game. Uh, an empty net goal would get us under the number if it was 3-2. We don't want to see more than six. No. Uh, Chicago-Tampa, I mean, what are you going to do here? I mean, heavy favorites, lightning. This is a stay away from me. Um, if you want to go on the puck line, maybe minus one and a half. You get plus 106 there. Any interest in that? That would be the only bet that I hit here is the puck line. Suma Tampa comes out and handles
1: business like we saw them do in the bubble. Um, But yeah, I'm going to probably stay away from this one. Just a little bit too much uncertainty. I've mentioned a a few times now throughout the video that uh, there could be a bit of a cup hangover. I've seen it with teams in the past start a little bit slow. And I don't expect this Chicago team to put up a bunch of goals here tonight, uh, nor do I foresee that here in the near future. So I'll probably just stay away from this, but if I were to hit one, it would probably be the puck line on the lightning side.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think I will go that route. Um, Yeah. I just, I just don't really like this Hawks team. I think they'll struggle all year. Vancouver Edmonton. I like the over here. It's probably my favorite play on the entire board six. Are you kidding me? Give it to me. We might get there halfway through the game
1: yeah absolutely too much firepower in that top six on both teams definitely have defensemen that can put put the puck in the net as well uh, i think this one could be a pickem as well vancouver looked really good in the bubble and they have a lot of pieces here that is promising for the future obviously we're missing jt miller here tonight but i don't think that's make or break for this canucks team so i'll take the over here as well but i do think it's more of a pick them i think either team could end up with a w here
0: And then St. Louis and Colorado, the Avs Stanley Cup favorites, plus 650. It all starts tonight, Uh, minus 148, Colorado, St. Louis, plus 125. The total at six, as we mentioned earlier in the show, and before we came on, five and a half, it had jumped up. I I still, I think I like the over there.
1: Yeah, I agree, um, especially we get it at plus 102 here now. So I'll still take the over at six goals. Like you said, this could be one of those where halfway through the second period and they've already hit that. Um, Jordan Bennington really kind of struggled last year after winning the yeah. Stanley Cup. And there, there's some question marks there. I think Nathan McKinnon, that top line, come out on fire and on all cylinders. And then that second line, yeah, they got Brandon Saad. That's new to uh, there, but I don't think those guys will miss a beat either. So I'll take the over here. And then I, I actually like the Avs money line here and it's minus 148 but i do think they win this game outright
0: yeah i like the abs money line too um i think that they win as well matt you got a favorite pick on the board tonight don't tell me it's the leafs
2: uh you gotta give me the over and the goals just like you said for uh vancouver edmonton that's my favorite there and i know i'm not supposed to agree with you for anything habs Leafs, but if you're looking (laughs) at an upset tonight don't be cheeky and play the blackhawks play the habs
0: yeah, I think so. I mean, again, there is some success for Montreal. Four straight wins against Toronto. They've, they've done well against Canadian teams. I think these teams are, are pretty close. I mean, the firepower is right is there for Toronto. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that Montreal has more firepower than Toronto. I mean, if you're going to pick five of the best players in this game, I mean, four of them are going to be from Toronto. It's just, it's just the way it is. They have a lot of offense there. But I think they have some new pieces, as Matt mentioned on the preview show as well. It may take some time for some of these guys to gel. The blue line is a little bit different. Um Griff, you mentioned, you know, Thornton and Simmons and and some of these other new players that are on there on that team. So um, I should do a Tim Anderson free money on the way out as jokes. Oh boy. <laughs> I think you should. Give, give I'll, keep, the, I'll keep track
2: of it too for you.
0: Okay. Give me the give me the Habs and the Under. I want the Canucks, Oilers, over, and then Colorado. Those are the those are the ones right there. Um, that's the four giddy up i like it. any final words bud
1: no appreciate you guys having me on here today i can talk hockey all day every day um so like a lot a lot of fun here i really enjoyed this um looking forward to tonight uh, oh, oh, kicking it off puck drop opening 2021 nhl season how can you not be excited for today
0: It was great to talk to you, man. Big fan of your work at Griff Dog DFS. Give him a follow. Make sure you subscribe to the show. As Pat says, smash that like button. Make sure you get your email in too if you want in that draw for $100. Rate, review on Apple, five stars. We appreciate you. Enjoy the hockey. You can always reach out at Chris Meaney. Uh, Matt, thanks so much as always. Boards were awesome. Let's have some fun. Watch the hockey and we'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers.